Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Rain City Bunker podcast. I'm your host, Andy Brown, and I'm here with my co-host. Hello, Andy. How are you? It's Greg Moon over there, <laughs> in case you forgot. Um, this is, I guess, our winter edition. The last one we did was in October, uh, so we're about par for the course of... Uh, how often we do the podcast. Yeah, I think we've gone as long as nine months and as short as a couple weeks. So four months is kind of up our alley. Anything been new? Well, I've um, kind of, I think I mentioned I had a little company with a business partner and we we wrapped that up. <laughs> we were a little too slow, not enough business. But uh, I am on a contract with my business partner and that's working out well. It's very interesting work. So uh, Yeah, you, you said you seem to like that. Yeah, yeah. And um you don't have the stress of trying to find new work. We just have a lot of work there. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of uh, stress, the at, at my household, we were very busy, and that kind of wound up in the uh, at the end of the year. We uh, went to to Maui. I managed to get sick on the plane and was sick for some of that vacation, but I've recovered and I'm back. and And I have to say, actually, this winter has been pretty mild. I mean, actually in Seattle, yes. Uh, which will bring us to our, our, our first thing that we're going to talk about. But New England is just getting pounded by the horrible weather. And we found maybe something, I don't know if this would be of comfort to people or, or just of interest to people who are in frozen situations, but why don't you hit it, Greg? Yeah. Um, Andy did all the research this week. <laughs> so Andy dug up all these stories, but I get to participate. So I'm going to read about this first one. Uh, the title is Remarkable Stories of Humans Who, Hab- who uh, Hibernated. It's from a website, Mysterious Universe. Mysterious Universe. That's where I found it. Okay. And uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but we're going to read a few sections. It, it's really intriguing. Actually, I, when Andy sent this, it was hard for me to believe this was real. So uh, we're, we're going to quickly go through two of the stories that they talk about. Uh, first one is, in the winter of 1981, teenager Jean Hilliard was on her way home around midnight when the family car she was driving ran off the road near Langby, Minnesota. Unable to get free of the vehicle, she made the dangerous decision to leave the car on foot and attempted to walk to the nearby home of her friend, Wally Nelson. Hilliard trudged along in the snow, her cowboy boots slipping occasionally and slowing her progress. She began to grow tired, and she was nearly to the point of collapsing by the time she could see the shape of Wally's home off in the distance. Whether or not Hilliard could could make it out or not in those final moments may have been far from her mind, but there in the early frigid morning hour, she collapsed in the snow only 15 feet from Nelson's front door. So uh, basically, she passed out, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, and she fell asleep, and they found her the next morning around 7 a.m., so she was out there roughly six hours. Wow. So this is what kind of fast, well, it's all fasting, but here's kind of the, the punchline. Once Hilliard they brought her to the hospital. Once Hilliard was admitted to oh, the, the friend found her. The, the friend found her the next morning, brought her to the hospital. And once she was admitted to the hospital, doctors found that her flesh was so frozen that hypodermic needles could not puncture her skin. Jeez. However, almost miraculously, her body had maintained a low pulse throughout the evening. And as Hilliard was admitted to the ICU, her heart had been meaning, beating at a mere 12 beats per minute with a body temperature of around 88 degrees. Her caretakers wrapped her in an electric pad and hoped to slowly thaw the frozen girls. girl. So a couple things, Andy. The normal heartbeat of someone is like 
80. Like someone in good shape is like 60 80 beats per minute. and a more normal, less in wow. shape person's 80. So her beats were way down. And what's the average? The body temperature is 98.7. Yeah. So she was down over Either 10 that degrees. or that's a, a radio station I listen to. I don't know. She survived with wow. a, a minor. They don't describe what happened. I think maybe she lost part of a toe or something. Yeah. They didn't really describe that. So pretty amazing there. And the <clears throat> next story is even more amazing. And then we'll talk about it. Hilliard's case isn't the only remarkable instance where a human apparently fell into a hibernation-like state in the face of extreme cold. An even more extreme example involved Mitsukaka Uchikoshi, who went missing on October 7, 2006, during a climbing expedition with friends on Mount Roko in western Japan. As he lay down in a field where sunlight could strike his body, his temperature dropped to 71 degrees, and he remained there undisturbed for 24 days. 24 days. Upon discovery, it might easily have seemed that only remains were left of Uchisoshi. Uchikoshi. <laughs> Uchikoshi. He had almost no— one, one of these days, we will get a name correct. We, we had even practiced that one. Yeah. <laughs> he had almost no pulse, and his organs had nearly entirely shut down— as was reported by BBC News. Medics say that they are still puzzled how he survived because his metabolism was apparently almost at a standstill. Just call him Mr. U. He is believed to have tripped <laughs> and lost consciousness after leaving his party to descend from the mountain on his own. I laid down in a grassy area, which felt good in the sunshine, and eventually I fell asleep, Mr. Mr. Uchikoshi told the reporters that a news conference at a hospital in Kobe where he was treated. That's the last thing I remember, he said. He was found by rescuers on 31st, on 31st of October. He fell into a hypothermic state at a very early stage, which is very similar to hibernation, said Dr. Sato, who treated Mr. Uchikoshi. Therefore, his brain functions were protected without being damaged and now have recovered 100%. That is what I believe happened, he said. That that's just amazing to me too, and that the guy was like, uh, he, he, Mister You, said that he's just like, oh, I, do, I went to sleep, and then I woke up, and that was twenty four days later. That you know, yeah, I really didn't believe it when you sent this article, Andy, yeah. because I had never heard of this. You know, I hadn't either. We've seen this in science fiction a lot, right? Right. right. Of course, uh, two thousand one Space Odyssey. We mentioned a podcast or two ago, and you mentioned, uh, of course, the famous scene in uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yes. Where uh, Han Solo gets frozen and after preserved. Say, after saying, I know. <laughs> yeah, the famous I know. I guess what that tells us is this may be a technique that maybe someday we can uh, perfect. You know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like in both these cases, they talk about another one where a guy was in a car, but they think that was more of a uh, – for he, and he was there for two months. They think that was more of a um, – like an, an igloo, igloo type. igloo effect because his car got covered in snow. What I think it is is I think it's like the sweet spot. Like it's got to be the exact right temperature. The The person has to go into that state in the exact right way. Uh, they have to be brought out in exactly the right way. This, this is my opinion at least. And I think maybe if they can find that perfect sweet spot for putting somebody into a, a hibernation sleep – then we may have some understanding of how to do it, you know, for space travel or something like that. And, uh, you know, but the doctors that dealt with these people that brought them out, it's never happened before, really. That we, right. I mean, it's super rare if it ever has right. happened. So what they did was the right 
thing. Yeah. And I think I think the right thing is when they just teach you how to deal with uh, people with hypothermia. Yeah, there's a, there's, it's a slowly heat. Right, you don't right. heat them up real fast. Right. So the idea, you know, and how do you test this? How do you test this in a lab? Probably the way they go into it is also important for their survival and their relatively little damage. They didn't mention, like I uh, said in uh, the story of the, the young girl, you know, they kind of inferred she may have lost a toe or something. Toe or something right. But the, the guy in Japan, they didn't say he lost anything. They said yeah. he recovered 100%. Well, his brain functions recovered 100%. 100% they don't right. say if he lost he, a finger he or He must toe. have had some frostbite or something, I would imagine. Just yesterday, I heard a story. There's a man locally here, a software guy in Bothell, who has volunteered to go. It's a one. They're talking about a one-way trip to oh, Mars. Yeah, yeah. And that's a little off topic, and I don't think those guys would have to go in hibernation. Right. But do, do you recall them saying how long a trip to Mars would be? I think it was on the order of a few months, right? Yeah, uh, maybe up and, to and a you year. Have to do it. You have to do it when the position of Mars is at the closest position to Earth. Or at least some closer range. It right, can't be right. on the other side of the solar system. Right, exactly. Mars has to be on the same side of the sun. Right. So there's only certain as times we, we can are. Do it. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think that would require hibernation. No. But yeah, a lot of movies have featured hibernation. Uh, aliens, yeah. right? Alien, Alien, Alien Aliens. Um, Two thousand one. Two thousand one. Uh, yeah, a lot, lot of science fiction movies because the distances evolved. Oh, and don't forget, <laughs> of course, the the um, the TV episode of Star Trek about Khan. Oh. Because they were frozen. Remember that? Oh, yeah. And they discover the, the space pod and, and they yeah. get frozen. And, and oh, it causes all sorts of problems for them. I wouldn't be surprised. We could probably do a lot more research on this is that scientists probably are experimenting on mice and, yeah. and yeah. smaller mammals right. and that sort of thing. And then there's the animals that do it, obviously. You know, right. Well, yeah, they do it kind of as part of their biology, right. right? So speaking of technology and science fiction sort of ideas, uh, the other thing I came across – is the idea – well, everybody's now has somebody or they have themselves those wristbands that uh, – what do you remember what they're called? I don't. I can't remember. I'm called. not into it really myself. But, but. It, basically these wrist, rubber wristbands that measure data like how much you're moving around or the m- amount of steps you've taken and you can feed that into your smartphone and you know see how much – exercise you've done for a day or in a period yeah, of time. I think my stepmom has a pedometer. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's yeah. like a, the yeah. new version of the pedometer. And that's where this article kicks off. This is from the Daily Dot, which is an online news thing. I am going to, because it's a long one, so I'm going to cut it down and add my own verbiage. But what they say here, I think, is a good lead in. Motivation and habit change are hard, and no heart monitoring bracelet is going to magically solve that problem. But there are wearables that can. Think, and that's spelled T-H-Y-N-C, a brain-shocking wearable has been heralded as the first mood-altering device on the market. Through gentle shocks, you can use Think to give yourself energy or calm yourself down, and the team is working on expanding those capabilities. A recent study backs up what Think is claiming. Its device is a substitute for chemical, chemical stimuli like coffee or sleeping pills. The company also gave me, this is the reporter, gave me information on how its beta testers have been using and reacting to the product. The short version is it's effective and they like it. Well, Think is arguably the marquee product of this in-home mind-altering movement. It's not alone. A startup called Mindfulology, oh, God, we got, (laughs) they, they need, this startup needs to change its name because when I first read it, I thought mind something else that I 
probably shouldn't say yeah. over the air. <laughs> uh, but mindful ology, mindful ology or ology. Oh, it's yeah. horrible. It's a horrible name. Just launched an Indiegogo campaign to fund the Zen Vibes, and that ends with a Z, of course. A quote self improvement device that manipulates brainwaves to help you attain whatever state of being you desire. Quote. Based on the brainwave entrainment effect and using vibratory stimulus, the company said of Zen Vibes, it is, a dis- it is discreet and unobtrusive, making it usable in everyday life to relieve stress and anxiety, develop focus, improve sleep, boost memory and cognition, reduce migraines and headaches, reach deep meditation, enhance creative thinking, get the edge in sport and enjoy lucid dreaming, unquote. Like think you can use your phone to control the headband. The Zen Vibes, its Indiegogo page said, elicits the brainwave entrainment effect using silent vibrations produced with a state-of-the-art haptic technology, precisely controllable Samsung piezoelectric actuators driven by a Texas instrument integrated circuit and controlled with an, with an iOS or Android app via Bluetooth 4.0. So mm-hmm. top-of-the-line technology. Yeah, all the latest technology. Plan. So it sounds pretty cool. The guy, once again, another horrible name, so I'm not even going to try to – I'm sure it's fine to him, but a horrible name that I can't pronounce. Uh, the founder of the Zen Vibes uh, company, you know, he, he did admit he's like, I think that other company, the one Think, is going to have some problems because it uses electrical shocks. And he's like – but he thinks, like I do, that it's not at a level that would hurt anybody. Yeah, they're very low level. But they're does, called micro shocks. At least he, he may have named his company a horrible name. But at least he does understand consumer is going to probably be put off by uh, electrical shocks and his device has, you know, vibrates. They make a lot. It, it's funny. I don't know. Hey, Greg, have you done any? Um, we'll get into the, the technology in a second. But have you participated in any crowdfunding thing? I haven't. I did one thing. You know, I, I kind of like the idea of lucid dreaming. Right. And right. somebody had on Kickstarter – so the, the kind of original crowdfunding thing, they had a device that I read about that, you know, was supposed to help you. And it seemed like a valid methodology, but it was supposed to detect when you were in the dream state and give you an audible tone. So you could use that as a signal to kind of consciously right. control your dream, right? The lucid and, dream. and I joined Kickstarter specifically for that because I'm like, that's interesting. And I wouldn't mind having one of these. And then it was one of the more famous kind of failures that just went nowhere. <laughs> and I think that happens a lot. So now when I read these things that are like being crowdfunded, I kind of read them with a grain of salt. And they, and they yeah. also too, like, boy, the promises that the guy, I mean, hey, that's cool if it can do it. Now, what's what's the name of this other crowdfunding? Uh, oh, Indie, Indiegogo. Indiegogo. Okay. Yeah. Have you heard of that? I have, before? yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, the tech, we don't need to really get too far in the technology, but the right. basics, just to paraphrase, is uh, you have a f- app with like a, a headband of some sort, right. and the headband can administer either very low level shocks, right. or this latest one uses vibrations. Right. Now I remember I went through the article, Andy. Uh, there was something or a product like that that had been around for a long time, like since ninety one. Oh yeah, it's more of a medical product or or yeah. one that's been approved by the. Uh, and what was the application of that older product? Cleared by the FDA, but FDA but not approved. Say again, I'm sorry. What was the uh, use of that earlier product? It says, was it for depression it's, or it's drug depression addiction? Depression and um, pain, pain management. And that's the product that's been around since like 91. It's been around for a while. So this yeah. is 
you know, someone at some well, they used to use shock therapy, which is yeah. the controversial thing, I, which was not effective or very um, not effective. Or I don't know it? if that's true. I, I actually know of personally of of somebody who a few years ago, uh, I didn't, you know, I don't want to get into details, but they they had uh, shock basically treatment, but w- instead of being conscious for it, I think they they put you under. Okay, um, was there any positive? Change that you know. According to what I remember, the how I heard about it, yes, there was. Well, I also know anonymous person who went through that a long time ago in the early sixties. Yeah, based on what I've heard, there was no real benefit. Yeah, I think I think it's different. You know, it's it's it's, yeah, it's it's come a long way. It's certainly how they used to do it is is no longer because this thing is along that same sort of thinking, right? That uh, these vibrations or electrical shocks can right. Po- you know, positively, hopefully, affect like uh, for depression right, and, and right. things like that, right? Yeah. Now, that that was I wanted or motivation. Like, I think was motivation one. Yeah. and kind of being almost a stimulant like caffeine or something like that. Uh, what I was going to ask you, Greg, is would you is as long as it was relatively safe, would you try something like this out? I might, but when you sent this story, <laughs> I read it last night. The first thing I th- I thought about because maybe I'm getting paranoid to my older age is. Damaging, damaging, or you know, like this movies, you know how just like the, the whole being monitored by the government thing, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it's like I'm almost at the point. I think maybe because so many computers and devices and all these things are in our lives and track us so closely, it makes me a little hesitant to want to try something. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, but kind I don't. Of, I don't think this has a tracking. Yeah, aspect I know, I know. It. But yeah, it's just yeah. that whole the big picture thing. Like, right, right. The technology is becoming so powerful. I, I think I would try it, yeah. but I'm just saying that was the first thought that hit my mind. Is you know, is this safe? Yeah. And will the government know? I mean, <laughs> I've become paranoid. That's weird because I was so, a paranoid before. Please plug into your computer and log on to the FBI yeah. homepage. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to give Greg one guess on whether I would do it or not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He knows me now. Yeah. Uh, I'm the sort of guy, but it's funny when I read about the electrical shocks, and I know that would put people off, but I'm the same guy that can't wait to try, like, the lab-grown hamburger meat. <laughs> and nobody else I know, almost everybody else I know is like, ugh, gross. Yeah. It just doesn't want to have anything to do well, with it. Well, and uh, I'll quickly mention something that comes to mind thinking about the whole, you know, technology taking over. And I love technology. I'm a computer yeah. programmer. Yeah. But uh, there was a 60 Minutes week or two ago about someone had re- hacked into someone's car as oh, they yeah. were driving. Yeah. That's where it gets freaky deaky right. to me. And, you know, I'm not the most brilliant programmer. I'm a good programmer. But it seems like the systems that control your anti-lock brakes, your <laughs> brakes, yeah. your, um, you know, anti-skid, your acceleration, right. <laughs> your steering, that I do not want to have online. Mm-hmm. I want that to be a standalone computer. <laughs> yeah. And if I have an infotainment thing, that should yeah. be on a totally separate, with no right. communication whatsoever, it, except for disabling. Like yeah. if your car gets stolen, I'm not against a disabling thing yeah. after it's stopped, yeah. not when it's moving. I, I So that's where I get kind of nervous about. I under, That actually makes sense. And it's funny. I, I subscribe to... Uh, popular science and i think it's popular science the most recent one has a whole thing about that your device is being hacked and so forth i think sometimes people get a little too greg you were around and programming during the year 2000 and during the y2k Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of that y2k paranoia was uh 
was unnecessary and really added up to not that much. Yeah, it didn't. However, I will say And this. I wasn't too paranoid at that time. <laughs> yeah. However, I will say this with the so-called Internet of Things. It's naive to think that there won't be – say it how I've, I've seen – you know, I've met some of these folks. But I think it's naive to think that there won't be skilled, immature, horrible 15-year-olds that want to – just mess with things. <laughs> yeah. And have you heard about swatting? Do you no. know about swatting? We're so, not talking about the old-fashioned... No, not like swatting a fly. School. Although the, I think... Or swats at school. Swats at school. So what it is is now people, you know, playing video games, some of them get online and they stream it. And there's a thing called Twitch. So I you think can watch people playing You can watch games. people play or... Yeah, you can watch them play. They're, they're, almost, they're almost like they're... Um, you know, they're an athlete or something. You're mm-hmm. watching them play. Some of them are good. And what's begun to happen is whether, I don't know, maybe sometimes they've pissed somebody off. Maybe they even haven't. But someone will figure out who they are by doing some social engineering and hacking, mm-hmm. figure out who they are and where they are. And then they'll call that area's police and say something like, oh, I'm, I'm being held hostage yes. by a gunman and and the and then yes. what they what they get off on of is watching the SWAT team break in while they're watching it live on TV. Right, right. So if somebody's willing to do that, they're willing to cause, for example, I wonder if I can cause a huge p- car pile up. <laughs> yeah, I can see that happening. Oh, yeah, I mean, and 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 that's something we could talk about this at length on maybe another podcast. But I do think that one thing that the internet and all these mediated um, experiences provide is uh, as a distance from the actuality of something going on, and uh, and I think that that allows certain personalities, particularly adolescent personalities, to do things that they wouldn't do if they had to face yeah. you. And back back to the topic at hand, I guess you know paranoia shouldn't disturb positive things. So. Some of these things sound really good. Like yeah. I've had motivation problems the last couple yeah. of days. Maybe I should, you know, have these vibrations and, and low level shocks going on to help me be a little more focused. Yeah. So I mean, I guess got to keep an open mind. But I was just saying that was the first thing that came to my mind. But I'm sure these things are pretty safe, and their FDA is looking at it, so yeah. it's not going to be too crazy. Right. Now we've come to the part of the podcast we call creature feature. So Andy. Uh, about a month ago on the internet, I, probably some of our listeners will have uh, the inter seen what? No, <laughs> <laughs> some of our listeners will have seen this uh, in Australia around. Uh, so I guess, gosh, that was just about a month ago. They uh, fishermen caught something called a frilled shark, and uh, I was kind of it's kind of striking to see the picture of the shark. It's kind of long and kind of elegant and kind of yeah. like flowy. Looks a little bit like an eel. Yeah, kind of yeah. like an eel. And what caught my attention, though, is this sucker has 300 teeth, 25 rows of teeth. Jeez. So that's like a – what is that like? That's like a grinder. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's not just a row of teeth. Right. He won't just cleanly chop you off. He'll just mush it up, tenderize it, right. and mush it up. <laughs> and uh, Andy pointed out, like all sharks, the teeth probably grow back. Yeah. So if some get plucked out when he's eating something, I think they actually. I think sharks actually rotate through their teeth. They 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 naturally lose teeth and then they like a conveyor. Yeah, it's belt. like a conveyor belt. Yeah. yeah. 
because they, they need their teeth because that's how they survive. And when you see the shark, it does look kind of odd and kind of striking and kind of like an eel, like Andy mentioned. And Andy looked up, um, or in the story, we'll, we'll of course uh, post the link. It, the roots, the genealogical roots of this thing go back 80 million years. So this is kind of a lot like a prehistoric shark. Yeah. And it's remained mostly unchanged. It's It's, it's still very similar to how it was. Yeah, you said it was kind of a primitive biology. Yeah. And uh, it's a rarely seen shark. They did catch one in 07, some Japanese fishermen, and they brought it into a saltwater aquarium, but it didn't live long in yeah, captivity. It died shortly after that. But uh, yeah, so if it's rare, it must go deep. Do you remember if it was it is it deep I think or it's just pretty, some remote yeah, I think it's sections? pretty fairly deep. Yeah. Uh, it's environment it's natural environments pretty deep. Yeah. And they look very of course scary and you know, they could rip your arm off, but they probably reside low and just eat fish. Yeah, and they don't cause us it, much trouble. It's just disturbing for us to see right. something that kind of and the, and predator. The, like the article didn't say anything about it ever attacking people. So yeah, probably not. Yeah. It was just a rare find. But uh, we always like to dig up these kind of unusual creatures. Uh, and it's that, funny you don't even have to go to cryptozoology. These are just real animals that are out there and uh, that that are just kind of striking looking and yeah, and their behavior and how they look. Yeah, there's just odd creatures out there, and it, you know it's like they say, uh, truth really is kind of stranger than fiction yeah. sometimes. So anyway, just kind of a quick creature feature, and then uh, we're going to wrap up with a story, another story Andy dug up. Yes, talk about truth or fiction. You decide. So this is a story, I think it was in a variety of news places and got repeated. I saw it in a couple different places, but I got this article from the Daily Mail. And I do recommend, if, you, if you're interested in this, you go check out the video because that's where the real, the real. Uh, yeah, you can see it. what's going, I mean, you yeah. get a real feel for what's being right. claimed here when you see the video. So basically... This woman was claims a woman from Chile claims that she was pushed by a ghost, and this is from the Daily Mail article. A woman claims to have been pushed to the floor by a ghost after cameras caught her being thrown to the floor despite there being no one around. Cecilia Cecilia Carrasco, thirty four, says she, she felt someone shove her as she walked past the reception desk at her lawyer's office in Santiago, Chile. The CCTV footage, so the the security footage was shown on a local TV report, and it quickly went viral in her homeland. She said, I hit the ground hard and had to be taken to the hospital in an ambulance. I was inside for three days, and I'm still off work as a result of my injuries. I wasn't aware of anybody in front of me as I passed the reception desk talking to a girl, and as I looked towards the reception receptionist, I suddenly felt two pairs of hands shove me over. I hit the floor, but when I looked up, I couldn't see anybody, and I thought they... They probably had run off. Miss Carrasco said she had never believed in ghosts and is now frightened of leaving the house. She added, when the receptionist told me that there was nobody there, I didn't believe them until they showed me the footage. Now I'm convinced that it was a ghost because I felt the hands even though there was nobody around. She said, I remember seeing a film where a ghost, it's kind of funny how it's written, a ghost <laughs> kept attacking a woman and now I'm worried the ghost might be after me. Do you think she means the ghost from the movie? No, I That's think she means. I think she means the ghost. A ghost, a that, ghost is after that. She claims it's just oddly written yeah, or oddly yeah. quoted. I have no idea why I was shoved over. Hospital staff confirmed the woman had head injuries. Head injuries conducive with having fallen over or have been pushed over. Local parapsychologist Rodolfo Orozco said 
it certainly seems as if, as if something supernatural happened here, but in order to investigate it more, we would need to look at the energy levels in the building. And so far, we have not been inv invited to investigate by the owners. Doctors, however, are skeptical that it was ghosts, saying the woman had received a substantial blow to the head, and that could, could have caused confusion about the circumstances of her injury. They were unable, however, to explain the video, which appears to show her being shoved with some force backwards. And having watched it, you watched it, right? Yes. Greg? Yeah. It really looks like, she, like, so, like something just shoved her hard over. She falls flat, not like hitting her butt first and then going down, like just flat over. Like, yeah. Um, I think there's two possibilities here. Yeah, we, we were going to talk about the possibilities. <laughs> yeah, she, she was a superior actress because when you watch that video, you'll be amazed. It's yeah. so real. Yeah, willing to commit, like, really throwing herself. Oh, yeah. If she's faking it. Yeah. And the other case is, well, there's there's probably more than two. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I'll get into that. I'll, the I'll ghost that. Yeah. or, like, uh, mental illness. Or... I Well, but, you know, they didn't mention anything about that. I you know. think it, it could also be someone, maybe whether she realizes it or not, like she said, she had watched a movie where that had happened mm -hmm. or something similar had happened. And it could be just really, I mean, people can convince themselves of things. Sure. So thoroughly. I mean, you've heard of, you've heard of the people who under hypnosis, they, they can almost make, I think like sores manifest and so forth. I wonder if it could have been that, that she so convinced herself. There's another possibility, a mutual friend of ours, and I'll tell Greg, who, if he doesn't know who it is, when I say it, I'll, I'll mention who it is afterwards. A uh, mutual friend of ours uh, said she had one time got hit by a car uh, in a crosswalk. And she, all she remembers, or she didn't even think that, she got hit by a car or I'm not explaining this that well. She thinks she made it through the car, the crosswalk, but then the next thing she knew she was on the ground and people were over and saying, Oh, are you okay? So in other words, in her mind, she had made it from one side to the other. And, and she, she remembers stepping off and she remembers getting to the other curb and then she was out and then she came to. So I wonder it could possibly be, that the woman turned her foot in an odd way or maybe slipped on something on the yeah. floor and then retroactively thought, like, I got pushed over. Like, right. that's what it felt like to her retroactively. Does that make sense? Sure. I don't know, I'm sure I explained I mean, I understand what, I, I think I understand what you're trying yeah. to say, but when you see the video, yeah, it does it's really not work. tripping. When yeah. you trip, you almost invariably go forward. You don't right. trip backwards. That's true. That's true. She was walking forward. Yeah. It was as or though... Or slipping. I, maybe slipping. Yeah. yeah. You can, I guess if your feet both slip forward it can yeah. look like you're going backwards but yeah. i think it was actually she went backwards now i won't have to watch it again but yeah. i think she actually went backwards wow it, it does look i mean she violently goes back so let's say if, if you're you know very skeptical of the whole thing and you just don't believe her i mean she really committed to, yeah. to doing this it'd be a, a terrific actress to do that yeah or, um, you know, like I said, possibly mental. We didn't we didn't talk about this beforehand, but yeah. a mental illness. Yeah. Or yeah, still, maybe. even mental illness. I, I mean, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. But let's talk about the ghost possibility. Okay. Why not? <laughs> Are ghosts that mean? Are they that? Uh, you know, uh, there's several malicious. If you, if you listen to or enough, can they be? If you listen to enough of these um, shows where they have the ghost hunters on, or I don't really watch the TV shows because I don't know. I find them. I actually find them kind of boring. 
Um, there's a lot of like, hey, what's that? And, you know, uh, that sort of thing. Oh, those live, like where they hunt or, or, Bigfoot or right, hunt a ghost. Yeah, yeah I don't, I just find They kind of hype up little tiny yeah, noises. And and I, I think there's pressure there, even if those guys really honestly believe it. I think there's pressure there once they know they're creating a show. There's pressure there to have something happen. Yeah. Because if there is a real phenomenon, I, I think it's somewhat rare. And a show where somebody goes into a building that's supposed to be haunted and they, they're they're there for 40 minutes, because a lot of those shows are like 45 minutes, right? They're, well, they know, get edited down, though. They're, they're right. all night, aren't they? Well, yeah, but I mean, the, the it's not a half an hour show. That's a network committing a lot to to something where it would be unacceptable if the majority of their shows were eh, i there's nothing here there's nothing going on <laughs> so I, and i and i'm not saying i'm not saying they're lying i'm just saying the pressure which can create the perception of phenomenon yeah. is maybe there yeah but, if you have a tv show called ghost hunters and yeah. next week on ghost hunters nothing happens nothing like last week <laughs> yeah and probably not for the next 10 shows we're not going to probably <laughs> we have might get lucky in a year or two <laughs> yeah, yeah so but if you listen to enough of those guys i've heard a lot of interviews with them a lot of them will have like when they're asked about their most striking thing that happened to them in their career of being a ghost hunter or their pursuit of being that is a shove. Like they will talk oh. about being shoved from. So behind. you've heard of this oh, sort of thing yes, before? Absolutely. Oh. And they and they say it felt like a hand or hands on them shoving. Them. Oh well, that's so, interesting. Yeah. Did they ever trip? Yes. That you know, yeah, they there's said been sometimes stories they fall? of people falling downstairs and stuff like wow. that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So there are because. Most of the ghost stories I've heard, which are not that many, yeah. have been fairly benign. Right, right. Like my own, very benign. Yeah. Wow, I hadn't heard of that yeah. shove thing. I, that's, that was part of what struck me about this story. Some was, ghosts are jerks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, if they are, isn't it usually the idea being that it's their house or their apartment uh, yeah, you know, or it, their theater well, and they I don't th- want other intruders? I think – Traditionally, it's funny, it's almost kind of changed more recently the idea that there's positive ghost experiences. But I mean, you know, look at our culture of ghost stories that are generally scary, negative, whatever. And they're well, often they're often associated. I'm, I'm not talking about personal ones yeah. that we, we've had. <clears throat> yeah, I know. I'm, um, but they're often associated with something horrible and violent happening right. in the past at that place. So making that jump. If you believe in that phenomenon, I think I've given enough caveats that I'm not saying, you know, one way or another what I believe. But if you believe in that phenomenon, I think it's probably pretty reasonable to think that that's going to be angry energy in a lot of the cases. Yeah. Maybe not all. Yeah. But in a lot of cases. And neither of us are experts, but we're intrigued by the idea. In a lot of the ghost stories or the theories I've heard about ghosts is that – or I'm sorry, Greg, but because to, to, I th- I'm, I'm kind of curious what your impression of this. If you if you have a spiritual view of it, you could say that people who are in the afterlife, who lived good lives, were happy, were positive, why would they be earthbound? That's exactly where I was going to go. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, no, no, <laughs> no. You steal just your thunder. You, you, no, you didn't steal the thunder. You yeah. enhanced my thunder. <laughs> um, because the the things I've read, like because you know these would be spirits. They'd be human spirits, right? That's the idea. If right. Ghosts exist. And the idea I've heard is someone who's still on earth, their spirit, their energy, whatever, still on earth, they they weren't they were attached to something on earth, like a tragedy. Like you can't believe someone cut your head off, so you're not leaving. Right. Yeah. You're angry. Or you can't believe you were a slave, or you can't believe these things. Or, you know, I've heard things kind of odd things, but you know, people are addicted to cigarettes or alcohol. Those are very earthly things. Yeah. And when those people die, they have trouble. Moving if you, on. you know, moving on to whatever other realm there yeah. is. 
So you're right. Those kind of spirits would tend to be kind of negative, I, I, I would think. You know, I think I told you on this podcast my story, and it was just a little little thing, a little clunk, clunk, clunk. Oh, right. A light the, switch. The light switch, yeah. It's so benign. Yeah. It was spooky. Yeah. A little negative, but, yeah. you know. Pushing me down the stairs is another yeah. thing. Yeah, don't don't. You can yeah. turn his lights off and on as much as you want, but uh, don't push him down the stairs. Yeah. yeah. So, I think that's about it. Anything else on the story? No, I think I think that's it. Um, okay. I, these are all things that are good. To, particularly the the woman being pushed by the ghost uh, is is good to. Check out yeah. online and yeah, watch for it's, yourself. It's really striking. Yeah. And then the the frilled shark is kind of interesting, and uh, the hibernation. Yeah. So we, we had, um, but it's a little bit abbreviated. We just had a few stories. And in, and we've given you, if you want, you can do an Indiegogo campaign and help fund one of these brain devices if you so choose. Yeah. All right. Anyway, well, it's good to see you. This is our Likewise. first podcast in a while, so it's winter. Probably next one will be in spring. <laughs> yep. Hopefully, early spring. Yep. Spring of 2017. <laughs> no, no, hopefully sooner. All right, that's it. Okay, take it easy. Rain City Bunker, episode 27. <laughs> <laughs>